and welcome to another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be downtown lube. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri for all your tire and lube needs. They do specialize in just more than that, though, so be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com. Also, it's not a matter of when you're going to need that oil change in those tire service, so make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. And like I said, welcome into the show. We appreciate you listening wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, right here, and the call-in app even. Happy March. Brackets are busted. Oh, they're all toast. And so are kneecaps, and that's what we'll talk about. But let's do start with March Madness. It has been wonderful. I I think I said the last time we were on, I'm all in. Yeah. It took until conference championship time. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. Once again, spoiler alert, I like watching March Madness. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. It is, and I mean, I spent pretty much all weekend doing it. I went uh, out of town to St. Louis to visit some friends, made it out alive, so thank you for the T's and P's. If any were given to me, highly doubt it, though. But it was fun to just be able to sit back and watch a game and just know that no matter what game was on, it was going to be electric because, like we're going to get into, there were some upsets this weekend. Brackets were ruined three days into the tournament. It's insane. Like, there's not a perfect bracket left already. That is nuts. It's got to be like the fastest bracket busts, like zero perfect brackets left well, in the of history that, of the tournament, it feels like. Right. Even what the, I feel it was the first game of the tournament was Virginia versus Furman. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first games. And you see a big upset there. And that's one of the things with Virginia basketball is that when it's good, it's real good. Mm-hmm. When they're hitting threes, their defense is very good. If they're not hitting threes, they can be beat by anyone. They get upset again. That was uh, They were a four seed. They are also the only number one seed to ever be upset by a 16 seed. Mm-hmm. So that one didn't shock me. The, the manner in which they were upset did. So you could just silly turnover mistakes at the end of the game. Even the guy from Furman walking back to the locker room was like, he just freaking threw the ball. <laughs> what was he doing? No one knows. But Virginia gets bounced early. And then um, we also see Purdue get bounced early. So Virginia, not the only number one seed to lose. Now Purdue has joined them. And it's crazy. In, in hindsight, you see everybody coming out and saying, like, ah, I kind of saw that outcome coming. Saw that upset coming. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't have that upset predicted. I thought about putting it on my bracket just, like, for shits and gigs. But then it's like, I'm not going to ruin a bracket just because I think something would be funny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's like, well, <clears throat> okay, here we go again. This has happened. I think it, when was the last one that happened for Virginia? Was that 2017? Just, yeah, a couple of years ago. So, 17, 18? And it hadn't happened in ever. almost 50-plus years mm-hmm. before that. I mean, it's been a super long time, like you said, if ever. And now we've seen it twice since then. So maybe this is the new norm where there's a little bit more parity in talent across the board in college basketball. But at the same time, just – it's a silly mistake that causes you to lose. And something I've been talking to one of my buddies about when we were making our brackets last week at work was guys that focus or rely on the big man on their team have had very little success in the tournament. Like the last one I feel like I can truly remember was like the big guy just dominated the entire way through and led him to a national championship, Tyler Heronsborough for North Carolina. Yeah, and I was trying was, to think of other ones. And that was like middle 2000s. Yeah. 
But, I mean, like, the big guy carries them through the entire tournament and the national championship, and they win. Yeah, Greg Oden came to mind. I think they made a nice mm-hmm. little run there. Um, it, it is tough for those teams with the big guy. And with Purdue, it didn't feel like they had much else going for them. Mm-hmm. And that's it, what happened. And Fairleigh Dickinson, congratulations, a university that absolutely nobody knew existed. FDU, baby. Now we know that it exists. And I've seen a lot about them. I, I honestly, I'd never heard of them before. I won't pretend to know anything about them now. But I did see that they are one of the very few colleges that can compete at the Division One level in basketball, but also has a lot of Division Three athletics as well. And they even have, like, two different mascots for their Division One versus Division Three. It's a weird situation. I didn't know that was possible. Learned it on the TikToks. The more you know. Mm-hmm. Look at us learning every but, day. Uh, we live for the upsets, and that's what you want to see. We had two huge ones right there, but also um, Arizona. T's and P's to our guy Tyler, uh, old p- podcast host Paige. Sorry about Arizona. They get beat by Princeton, and then Princeton goes on. They're not done yet. They also beat Mizzou on mm-hmm. Saturday night. That's that's a nice little team. And that was the other thing, too, with you know Princeton. I didn't necessarily expect him to be the Cinderella story, but coming in, I was talking to some friends going, I don't know which team's going to be the Cinderella story this year. Mm-hmm. Like We always want to predict that 5-12 upset. I missed on the ones that I had predicted, and then it's – Kind of sitting here thinking, like, which team's going to be the one that's the true Cinderella story heading into the year? It looks like it's going to be Princeton. And I did see some people coming out, and they had receipts of, like, Princeton shouldn't be a 15 seed. This is a pretty solid Ivy League team. So maybe not calling for the upset over a two seed, but saying they're ranked too low. This is actually a pretty good team. Mm. I did see a couple of those. And if you have the receipts, I will believe it. (laughs) And I watching Princeton play against Mizzou, that looks like a team that could maybe make a little bit of a run. I'd say two wins in the tournament. You've already made a pretty solid run. But we'll see what happens. And if Princeton, I'm going to be rooting for them. Oh, yeah. You want to see that. You want to see them have success. That'd be cool. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I could tell you last time we saw an Ivy League school make a true run in the tournament, have two upsets essentially just due to your ranking, you know, make it into, what, the Sweet 16 now? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then now we're sitting here watching – you know, Kentucky just lose to Kansas State, and then KU and Duke losing yesterday um, pretty much hurts my bracket. It is Those absolutely are... toast. Like, Purdue losing killed one of my brackets. Duke and KU losing yesterday killed every single bracket I made, and I made six of them. Six? It, was, it turns Jeez. in like fantasy football leagues for me. It was like, I'm only going to do, like, one or two, and the people keep asking me, and I can't say no. So then I just start yeah. joining them. I did two, but only because it was two different um... – Outlets in the like, bracket that I had made in years would have worked out great. Uh, apparently, you have to save each division before you keep going, so only one division went all the way through. So I didn't get to complete the bracket for your challenge. It's okay. Next year, mm-hmm. next year. Yep. And looking at these three teams, you mentioned we just watched Kentucky lose, KU loses last night without Bill Self, and then Duke gets beat by Tennessee. Uh, that's not a big upset. I think it was like a four-five matchup. Those are three of my four blue bloods, like the top four schools in college basketball. I think it's still Duke, KU, Kentucky. And then I would probably put North Carolina in there as my fourth, like, top-tier team. None of them are in the tournament anymore. Like, teams like Michigan State has had some pretty good success. I don't know if I would put them up there. Arizona was pretty good for a minute in the 90s. They're out as well. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy how we're seeing things change in college basketball. Two of the teams I have in my 
Final four are football scores, schools. Alabama and Texas. Yeah. I don't know if we can call Texas a football school anymore. They looked very good against Penn State last night. You know what happened last time we called a school that was supposed to be a football school a non-football school? It was the University of Michigan. They ended up having a pretty good season next year in football. <laughs> right? I like where this is possibly going. Yeah. Texas, no longer football school, question mark? Yeah. The athletic department at Michigan heard all that talk. and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not a basketball school. Who do these guys watch, us, watch us tank. Like, we're going to be bad all over again. We'll just coach. threaten to fire a coach, and he'll make it happen. And I saw people tweeting, um, I don't remember the exact tweet, about like the power of a football school. And we've talked about that a lot mm-hmm. lately. Alabama basketball is definitely seeing the benefit of Alabama football. Yeah. Your enrollment's going to go up. Uh, other athletes are going to get money off of what the football program is doing. Your facilities so, are going to grow. They're going to be better. Your campus. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama's campus is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Their fan base is, is loyal. Very loyal. I was going <laughs> to say good. I don't know if I'd go that far. We'll say loyal. But they're loyal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're loyal. And I do think a lot of that, I mean, congratulations on hiring the right coach. But I do think some credit is due to the football program mm-hmm. and Nick Saban and what they're doing there. Uh, another team in the SEC that I've really enjoyed watching is Arkansas. That's a fun team. And the thing with Arkansas is they were really good last year. Like every close game they had last season, it's like they that came down to the wire. They came out with the victory. This year, they've just been dealing with the injuries. And even when they beat Kansas yesterday, I don't remember what player it was, he just brought to tears and they're trying to talk about it. Like, what does this win mean to you? And he's like, hey, this team was struggling bad. Like, we've yep. not been good this year. And it feels like we've got everything clicking at the right time. The and even in the time. And the that's loss, what every team loves to do is hit your stride at the right time towards the end of the year. Yeah, even in the loss, I think they had like three guys foul out. Mm-hmm. Where in the you know waning seconds of the game, they had two true freshmen. On the court. And that's a team that we talked about at the beginning of the year and even into, you know, last year of like, hey, they've got one hell of a recruiting class. They've got some guys coming back. And even a team like Texas, they built their team through the transfer portal. College basketball, is a, it's a very different landscape. And If it know, does turn into like this transfer portal, like what can you offer in transferring, we might see schools like Texas now, but like these football mm-hmm. powerhouse schools kind of make the difference in the these, some teams of these other that just athletics. have so much money tied up in athletics to be like mm-hmm. yeah well we got to spend it somewhere and even Tennessee like Tennessee yes. is another big athletic program they've got a lot of money and their basketball program's pretty solid now too they just beat Duke uh, that's another one that's that's good the SEC money yeah it's just it's out there um, and again all of those teams are kind of rooted in college football and now we're seeing it pay off in the basketball world. And, you know, this whole discussion, too, I just I don't know who I would even label as, like, the blue bloods in college basketball right now. If you're Bronny James and you're looking to go somewhere as a recruit, do you put Duke on that list? Do you put Kentucky? Do you put North Carolina? You put KU Kansas? stays up there. I think KU stays up yeah. there. Bill Self not being a coach kind of makes mm-hmm. you wonder. Like, I, I saw someone tweet it yesterday. Like, you know, Bill Self – being the head coach, you feel like maybe that can give you an extra two points with him being the guy. Yeah. And then, like, those two extra points get you the win. Yeah, and it sucks to say. I mean, he's dealing with some heart issues. I'd have a stint put in. I do think if Bill Self is coaching that game, they win. Yeah. I, I think he's easily worth two points. And I, I'm pretty sure that he was able to do some of the practices and things like that, but that's still a pretty big difference maker, especially when you get into under two minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, that crunch time and you don't have your head coach, that's, that's vital. And it sucks. I, I think Kansas will be back, and they'll be good. Um, another thing that we saw this weekend, 
YouTube TV rolled out this multi-view, and it's a game changer. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed at myself that I canceled it literally before. Yeah, I still got to get you that password, huh? Yeah, I've been kind of low-key waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been a good weekend. Yeah. I didn't want to ask. I was just like, he'll just, if he remembers, he'll send it. I'm not going to be the guy that's like, hey, are you serious? Or... I need to look it up because all my passwords got hacked like Ooh. three months ago or more, like, probably five months ago. And I had to change every password that I have because I got I got hacked big time. Anything happen? No, I don't. I don't think so. Thank God. If they are stealing from me, there's it's minuscule amount that I just I haven't recognized. They're yet. just in low key investing it, making millions, and then you'll get it recovered and be like, oh my god, <laughs> wow, how about that? Uh, <laughs> so I had to change all my passwords. I don't know. I should have done the smart thing and just made everything the same password once again. But I was like, you're not getting me this time. Here's a different password. <laughs> Just change the numbers. Now I don't remember. You didn't write them down? No. I Brother. do a notes app, the mm -hmm. notes app, and I save a lot of my passwords in there. That's what I do. I'm telling you, this was every password that I have. So I had to change them all. Damn. It was rough. But YouTube multi-view was great. It and looked like it was fantastic. <laughs> it was. It did. It and you, like can go and you can watch multiple games at a time. You can choose which game has the volume. And I think this was a great time to roll it out for March Madness. And I also think that once college football season rolls around, it's going to be an even bigger game changer. Oh, I can imagine. I've debated the multi-TV setup. I've never done it. And honestly, now I feel like I don't have to. What if you just got two TVs with the multi-view? Then it's like, oh, man. Eight games at a time. Do you get to pick what game goes in each spot, or do they do that for you? You don't. But I think that you're probably going to get that opportunity as they kind of further do this. Yeah. That makes and sense. with right now, the way that it was working, I mean, you have four games going on at a time. It was just kind of showing you like, eh, here's your four. These yeah. are the four that are on. Pick it. Which one do you want the sound on? But I, it, I think it's cool. Uh, if you saw a lot of people tweeting about it, it's worth it. We continue to not have a deal with YouTube TV. I continue to be very happy with their services though. I'm just annoyed with myself. <laughs> Hey, maybe you can uh, maybe it'll work out for you. You know, you jump back in at the right time, and you get a deal. I'm not seeing not now. No, they're like everyone wants. I it. think so they actually just up deals. their prices. They're like for the first time in five years, our base serious? rate is going to change. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I got that alert. It's like seventy three dollars. Going up four bucks then. Yeah, that's what they do though. They just like four bucks at a time. People don't mind going up four dollars. Oh, that's Netflix used to be like ten bucks. Yeah. Now it's fucking twenty. Yeah, or whatever. Netflix used to be six ninety nine, dude. Is that back when they were mailing envelopes to our houses? That's when I was in college six years ago. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, my roommate at the time signing up for Netflix and like creating this queue and all this stuff. And I'm like, that that's dumb. I don't want to wait a week to get a movie in the mail. Mm -hmm. I'll just go to Blockbuster and rent the movie when I want it. Yeah. He kept paying for Netflix. It took off. Then they started the streaming service. It was like, oh. Netflix is pretty cool. <laughs> now, if they could just stop raising the prices so the person that pays for my Netflix can stop paying that much, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd Honestly, be really nice. pretty unaffected by it, though. <laughs> this guy. Just don't ever take away password sharing. That's going to be the annoying part about this. Like, mm -hmm. that's going to kill your app. Yeah. It will. It, I, I think that the, the thought is probably like, hey, if we kill the password sharing, then other people will sign up. Not this guy. Mm-hmm. 
something. Your stuff's not. And you're not good. the only one with that mindset. And that's good. Proud. Proud of you. <laughs> yep. Not gonna happen. I cut the cord once. <laughs> I, I will not be that guy that. We'll cut the invisible one. Yeah, I'll do it again. Watch cut the me. account canceled. Watch me. Um, other, we had a lot of NFL news happen since our last yeah, episode. We did. <laughs> um, a lot of free agency stuff. My favorite man in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, just continues to be Aaron Rodgers. He goes on the Pat McAfee show, and was I think this was on Wednesday, maybe on Tuesday, and he comes out and says like this is not decision day. And everybody kind of runs with that. I didn't watch it, but I was following it because mm-hmm. everybody was live tweeting it. And I think, like, oh, okay, like, that's fine. I kind of thought he would make the announcement today, but whatever. And then he pretty much abruptly follows that up by, it's not decision day. Here's the decision that I've made. <laughs> I just continue to hate this man so, so much. It, it was confusing when he did because he kind of came on. He was like, you know, I didn't really want to come on here didn't plan on this being the decision day or anything like that. It just kind of wanted to come on, be able to tell my side and kind of clear things up. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, why else do you want to come on here then? Like, yeah. why else make this a big deal? Or, and then he kind of, as he goes on and keeps explaining things, he almost just keeps repeating like how appreciative he is of Green Bay and the fans and, you know, everybody in the organization and just how there's so much genuine love to all of them and there's no hatred. And I was like, okay, like you've said this three times, three different ways. Why do you want out then? Yeah. It, and then, the other deal with it, too, was, you know, there's a lot of conversations changed when he went into his darkness, which I can kind of get. Maybe that gives Green Bay and the Packers an opportunity to say, okay, hey, mm-hmm. let's give this a day. Four days of him not being here, first day here, we don't feel like we've changed. We don't feel like we really need or want him. Let's move forward with Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, things can shift. And then when he comes out, hey, yeah, we're ready to move on. We're heading in a different direction. And the one thing that I think would annoy me and it kind of has annoyed me and I understand why he is also annoyed, is the fact that the Green Bay Packers just kind of make moves without communicating. And I know, like, you know, you you don't have to do that, or maybe they don't owe him that, but at the same time, I feel like maybe you do. Like, maybe you do need to have that communication of just that mutual line of respect where it's like, hey, we're thinking about doing this. And I think that was something Aaron even talked about on the show, on Pat McAfee's show, is there wasn't, like, I didn't get that from them. I found out from everybody else. Or I found out from my agent. He's like, why can't you just tell me this? Like, why can't you just say, this is the direction we're wanting to go, instead of me seeing a little news clip of you talking to the media, and then that's how I find out. Yeah, isn't that every team in the NFL, though? I feel like that's... I feel like it you know, is. all 32 teams. I feel like what separates great franchises or teams heading in the right direction is when there is that line of communication there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be... With your quarterback. Head. Exactly. And not to, like, just take it to the Chiefs, but... It reminds me of Alex Smith when he was right there where they just sat him down and were like, hey, like, we're thinking about drafting a quarterback this year. We just want to let you know so you're not bombarded by anything or surprised. You know, just want to be up front with you. And he was like, no, totally get it. I understand. It's just part of the league. What can I do to help? And I think, like, that even there kind of helped lead. And, you know, we've heard Patrick Mahomes and Andrew talk about how helpful Alex Smith was. But so for it to start off that way, I just – Surprises me. Other teams don't try and do the same thing, or are not doing the same thing. Yeah, I don't. And I don't know. I don't. Are the Chargers going to Justin Herbert and letting him be involved with Rodgers? It's a little bit different. He's been there for twenty years, mm-hmm. so I get that. But like, when is what's the point of like? Oh, okay, we should tell our quarterback. Yeah, I, I would assume Joe Burrow's getting it now in Cincinnati. You would expect. Like, same with Josh Allen in Buffalo, right? Like, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> the other thing Roger said too that kind of caught my attention was, you know, these guys were all these all the people that are in the front office are different from when I was drafted. Like they're not the same guys. No shit. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, so when they drafted Jordan Love, 
they didn't expect me to get back-to-back MVP seasons. And when I did that, it kind of put a wrinkle in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're coming off your worst year. <laughs> it just kind of – but at the same time, it benefited them. And now yeah. they're at the point where, okay, hey, we did draft this guy. Like, we've got to see what we have here. We've got to move forward. That we have an age – we or even yeah the last two years even of the uncertainty at quarterback like we're in the latter part of march now mm-hmm. packers can't sit around for forever and make every decision based off his darkness retreat i also thought it was pretty dumb to be like i came out of my darkness retreat or whatever 95 percent sure i was going to retire and then saw that the packers were shopping me buddy it's march yeah. You're not committed. And you did the same thing last year. I think the Packers are just doing their due diligence of, hey, he might not come back. Let's figure out what kind of draft picks we can get for him. And, you know, if he comes out of this darkness thing and demands a trade, which was heavily rumored before. Oh, yeah. I don't think the Packers have done anything to treat Aaron Rodgers poorly. Like, maybe they should communicate yeah. with him a little bit better, but I don't think they've done anything for him to justify wanting out. It almost makes you question if – Aaron Rodgers is a difficult person to communicate with. Right? Like, just look at the semantics that he uses in mm-hmm. his press conference. Or one of my favorite tweets that I saw this week was, um, no, I didn't have a wish list or anything like that. But the, the rumors are out there of guys like yeah. Alan Lazard and OBJ. And, and it's like, like okay, <laughs> I didn't have a – it's like he I didn't demand a wish list, but like – if you're at and I guys. think that's the word he stuck with, was like, uh-huh. that's bullshit. I didn't demand anything. Now, if they ask me about these players, did I speak highly about my team, my former teammates? Like, mm-hmm. well, absolutely. Yeah. Joyfully did. So I think it was the way that he phrased it. Or the, the fact of, like, Green Bay never surrounded me with good targets. But, hey, Jets, go get all these old Packers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, who, which, by the way, was rookie of the year. Yeah, like Garrett Wilson – You've got to be incredibly excited to be able to throw to that dude. Yeah. Garrett Wilson might be the best receiver Aaron Rodgers has ever had. Maybe not. Throw out Devontae Adams. Yeah. So he's the second best. I feel pretty confident saying that. Yeah. And, like, even with Alan Zard, him speaking about that, and I think we talked about it uh, when we were together before the weekend, um, is the Jets do need a big body receiver that can block on the outside. You lose Corey Davis's free agency. Alan Lazard can block on the outside. That's how that offense is going to kind of be successful and how you can get the run game going as well and keep it going is by having good, solid blockers on the outside. If you get that with Alan Lazard, then that fit makes sense. But if we're also putting the puzzle together and Rodgers likes you, you're now a Jet. Exactly. There it is. Like it just, mm-hmm. Even if you didn't demand it, if you had a, a joyfully you know, great sayings of these receivers that you wish you could play with in New York, yeah. then, yeah, that's the wish list, brother. Right, or, you know, if my principal asked me about, like, a, an applicant, like, hey, you worked with this person before, what would you think? And I give them a glowing review. If my principal comes out and says, like, yeah, Miller wanted him, <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty true based off what I said. Yeah. So it is. It's always semantics with Aaron Rodgers. And I, I said it, I tweeted it. I'm a huge fan of the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love now. I really, I do want to see them be good. And if you're an Aaron Rodgers fan, like, I'm sorry, I'm just not. I don't like the way... He handles himself. If you had to pick a favorite team in the NFC North, who would it be? I'd probably say Packers without Aaron Rodgers. But honestly, I like what the Lions are doing. Mm -hmm. And I've always low-key liked the Bears. I've like – 
I feel like I've liked the Bears, but for some reason I've found ways or reasons to not like, like I want to see them. I don't be know good. why that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is and why I've just been like, I feel like I should not like them. Like they've never done anything. Same with the Bulls. I've always low key liked the Bulls, was like, everyone's only gonna think I like the Bulls because of, you know, Michael Jordan. That's I mean, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. But I would love to see the Bulls be good. Yeah, that would be like just see Chicago have some success. Like, uh-huh. It would be be pretty nice. Yeah, it would be. Um, yeah, I, don't, I would probably go Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. I like those redemption stories. Sometimes I, I like it for the player. You know, a team kind of gives up on a player, puts a chip on his shoulder, and he goes out and it is good. I like that. But in this case, I'm going to – I don't know if the Packers are going to be right. I don't know if Jordan Love is going to be good. But they I want receivers. to see him be good. Like they need, yeah, the, he's going to need some help. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be funny too because even in the draft, I think that the Packers are going to take uh, some kind of a pass catcher. They need so, another receiver or a tight end. And I think everybody's going to flip out when the Packers take a receiver in the first round. I'm like, oh, now that they don't have Aaron Rodgers, they're taking a receiver. But I really just think that that's that's what they need. Yeah, they don't have a lot of other needs on this team, so that's probably what they'll do. And then the price tag for Aaron Rodgers is another thing. You know, there were rumors that the Green Bay Packers wanted a first-round pick. Uh, there have been other rumors that they don't want a first-round pick. The Jets pick at number 13. I think that's a little bit high for a one-year rental, but mm-hmm. I guess if you're the Jets and you think that you can get by, maybe even contend for a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, give up the first-round pick and don't second-guess it. Like you got guys that – how many first-round picks did Trey Lance cost the 49ers? You said the like Jets three. have the 13th pick? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because if you're the Packers, you're like, all right, sweet, we're getting uh, JSN and we're set. Yeah. Like, please I, I, give us that. If I'm the Packers, I'd take 13 and say bye, Aaron Rodgers. Just that pick alone? That pick alone would be enough for me. Their second-round pick and somebody else. Or just say, like, hey, Garrett Wilson, straight across. <laughs> Garrett Wilson, and we'll give you a second round. <laughs> what is that going to take? I love Garrett Wilson, though. Him and Chris Olave were both phenomenal last year. It just makes you wonder, like, is Jackson Smith and Jiggly going to do the same thing? Are those two just mm-hmm. that special? Right. Is Brian Hartline, the receiver coach at Ohio State, is he that good that just year after year? Is Ohio State turning into wide receiver you? I think they have to be. With what they already have and have produced mm-hmm. and what's coming – down with, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he's going to be pretty good. He might be the first receiver taken. And then everybody's already talking about Marvin Harrison Jr., who lived up to the hype, mm-hmm. couldn't get on the field as a freshman because there were makes five sense. other guys in front of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense. It also makes you wonder, like, what the hell is wrong with Jameson Williams again? You go to Alabama and then – now he's with the Lions, of course, but that's yeah. another reason, kind of back to the question of who would be your favorite team in the NFC North. I can't decide between the Lions or the Bears. It's not the Vikings. I no. don't know what it is about the Vikings. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins. I've just never really liked them. Maybe it's the purple color scheme is tough. I just don't really like the Vikings. I've never even wanted to see them be good. Like, when even, they lose, it just make, it makes me laugh. Even when they had Randy Moss, and it was, like, exciting. I didn't Dante really care. Pepper, yeah, Chris Carter. Right. Um, a couple other moves that were made over the week uh, is a big one, especially for us being Chiefs fans. Orlando Brown Jr. signs with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll tell you, I was absolutely shocked. He gets a four-year, $64 million deal. 
which is very interesting because the Chiefs also signed Jawan Taylor, a right tackle who's probably going to make the move over to left tackle. Jawan Taylor gets four years, $80 million. That's more money than Orlando Brown. And I'll tell you, country, it makes me feel good because I've been talking a lot of shit on Orlando Brown Jr., and this makes me feel like it was justified in the, the league. The NFL was like, yeah, you're not that good, bud. I've said it before. If he wasn't a giant, if he didn't go to Oklahoma, if he didn't have the last name that he does, or the whole name, mm-hmm. I don't think we would be talking about Orlando Brown Jr. like we have been. And then he goes out and struggles to get a deal. Um, I, and honestly, I think that this might have been one of the only teams that wanted to pay him as a left tackle. Now he goes out and gets that deal. I just I could not help but be annoyed with it for Orlando Brown Jr. Like, okay, hey, the Chiefs aren't signing you. You're going to go sign somewhere else. Of all the teams that are out there, of all the teams that would want a left or a right tackle that were willing to pay that, it's Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Like this is are you the annoyed in the sense biggest, of a rival? Yes, because it's been the biggest rival for your team that you just won a Super Bowl with for the last two years, and now you're going to go join them. I think it was intentional. It doesn't bother oh, me. So one thousand percent. But I think and it was intentional. He's also that he also just seems to be that petty type of person. Mm-hmm. And then to come out and be like, oh, I just you know want to be a left tackle and follow my father's legacy. Like, man, just go be a good fucking football player. And I don't like. Do you think your dad would be disappointed that you're one of the best right tackles yeah, in the league? That you're an all pro right tackle every best year. Best left tackles, like. And that's one thing too that I wanted to bring up. I think that we've proven now, like, it's better to be an elite right tackle than an average left tackle. Jawan Taylor got four years, $80 million. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown gets four years, $64 million. And I do think that if he goes out and he just balls out and is like, hey, play me left or right tackle, I don't care. I'm just going to be a tackle. I think he could have gotten more money being a right tackle. Uh, Orlando? He's, yeah, yeah, he's not a guy that's like trying to get the franchise tag anymore. As a franchise tag player, I get it. You're going to make more money as a left tackle. But you're going to make more money in the NFL as a dominant right tackle than you are as an average left tackle. So who cares if you're on the left or the right side? He just, and as much as I've been trying to kind of support the fact of like, I don't know what Kansas City does at left tackle because there's nobody else really out there that you can go get. And that even goes to Jawan Taylor because Jawan Taylor has been a right tackle his entire career. Mm-hmm. Like at what point have we seen him play left? He did it two games at Florida. And it wasn't that solid his entire time in Jacksonville. He was on the right side. And there, you know, there are guys like Duke Mannyweather who specialize in the offensive line that say it's not that easy to mm-hmm. make that transition. I know that at times I've even thought like it's it's just a little bit different footwork. It's not that hard. Yeah. But there are people out there that say that it's almost impossible that you are either a right tackle or you are a left tackle. It's kind of like you're you write right handed or you write left handed. Yeah. Like it's hard to just make that switch. Mm-hmm. And. When you hear guys like Duke Mayweather say that, and then you hear other people like, oh, well, the Chiefs have one of the best offensive line coaches in the league and Andrew Beck. It's like, that sounds great, but if he can't write fucking left-handed, <laughs> then I don't want Patrick Mahomes getting hurt because a guy can't write left-handed or, again, yep. play left tackle. Or, you know, hitting a baseball. Yes. Left-handed versus right-handed. You're still swinging with both hands. What's the difference? Well, one's significantly harder. And Are there guys that can do both? Yeah, sure. And it's like, are you comfortable? Like, which one are you more comfortable doing? Mm-hmm. Because if you're comfortable pushing off with your left leg and going to your right, versus pushing off with your ref, your excuse me, your right leg, and then going back to your left, and then transitioning that weight that way, one, I think that can just lead to an injury, or two, you're yeah. just never going to get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Orlando Brown. 
And it sounds like he is going to play left tackle, which made Jonah Williams say, I want to trade. Mm-hmm. And I, I would guess that in the mindset of the Bengals, they thought, okay, we'll just move Jonah Williams around. We'll yeah. either put him at guard or we'll move him to right tackle. No problemo. Now he wants a trade. I, I think Jonah Williams is a better left tackle than Orlando Brown Jr. Which makes me can't just hypothetical. Revich is playing chess while we're all playing checkers. He knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Orlando Brown would get pissed, go to Cincy. Jonah Williams is going to request a trade. Mm-hmm. Here, let me give you a second rounder. We'll take him. Don't worry about it. And he's a dominant left tackle in Kansas City. And Jawan Taylor is your dominant right tackle. And a right second side. rounder, I believe that's what Orlando Brown Jr. went for. Uh, the Chiefs gave up a first for him. It was a late first, though, mm-hmm. right? But they got a second rounder back. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So maybe. I, I would like to have Jonah Williams there. And then maybe you do say, hey, Jawan Taylor, thanks. We're going to kick you back over to the right mm-hmm. side. Um, I don't know. I, I think Jonah Williams is a pretty solid left tackle. He's done a good job with Joe Burrow. Uh, man, I, if I'm a Bengals fan, I would be a little bit worried about Orlando Brown Jr. playing left tackle for my team. I didn't like it as a Chiefs fan. And there's a difference with a quarterback that can escape the pocket like Patrick Mahomes than Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Joe, we praise Joe Burrow for being able to dance inside the pocket and make defenders miss and stay alive. Patrick Mahomes, we praise him for being able to step up in the pocket and get out of it and keep the play alive. Make and throws make on throw. the run. Exactly. And Joe Burrow is one hell of a quarterback. Yes. And but, that's, that's not the best quarterback in the league. And he's very mobile to like underrated yeah. mobility. But st- it would still make me a little bit nervous. I, I think the Bengals fans probably saw the Orlando Brown signing come through and thought, oh, hell yeah. Him, Jonah Williams, a couple of other pieces that you have on the offensive yeah. line. Well, you feel Collins. a little more confident about that. Now you're not getting it anymore. And in keeping with the left tackle news, uh, Laramie Tunsil resets the left tackle market again. He's a guy whose his name was out there in trade rumors. Uh, to Kansas too. City, yeah. And not anymore because he signed a three-year, $75 million extension. Simple math tells me that's about $25 million per year. <laughs> Good for Laramie Tunsil. And I had even, I don't know how, I had forgotten about the gas mask video that that was him until I saw somebody tweet it. Yeah. And I, I did. I just, I totally forgot. But I mean, what a just roller coaster that this dude has had. Uh, was supposed to be one of the top tackles drafted on the night of the NFL draft. Uh, photo or maybe it was a video was leaked of him smoking some weed out of a gas mask. He falls in the draft to the Miami Dolphins. Yep. The Dolphins, for some reason, traded him to the the Texans for he, multiple first round draft picks. Right, it was a pretty good haul, but still, like this is probably the best left tackle in football. Kind of wish you had him now. Yeah, I'm sure that any team, you know, other than maybe the 49ers, like, yeah, we'll take Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> but I mean, he resets the left tackle market. Uh, then you have the 49ers reset it with Trent Williams. Now Laramie Tunsil comes back, and he was representing himself, which is. Oh, crazy thing that I think a lot of people are overlooking. He self-negotiated a three-year, $75 million deal. Nobody talks about it when it's a left tackle. But myself included, a lot of people like to throw Lamar Jackson under the bus. I think there are a lot more players in the NFL that represent themselves than we know about. But with Lamar Jackson, I think it it turned into this thing of like, oh, he doesn't have an agent. Well, neither did Laramie Tunsil, and it's working out real well for him. And he gets a $30 million signing bonus, $60 million in total guarantees. I don't understand the $50 million fully guaranteed, $60 million in total guarantees. I'm assuming the total guarantees is if he hits the incentives of 
yeah, playoff I mean, runs or something like that. Maybe math when it comes to the salary cap, I just don't understand. Freaking stupid. But that was like back to uh, Orlando Brown Jr. I think he got thirty-one million in guaranteed or excuse me signing bonus. Like the moment that he signed that, it's like boom, that million that amounts hitting your account, which is just freaking crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yep, thirty-one million dollars signing bonus was the largest ever for an offensive lineman. And Not Larry Tonsil follows it up with thirty, sixty million total guaranteed. Yeah, enjoy it for two days of being the highest signing bonus. That's the way the NFL works, though. Those oh, guys yeah. are going to come through. I'm sure another left tackle soon. It might be Jonah Williams. We'll sign an extension <laughs> and and redo it. Uh, some quarterback news. Starters moving around. Jimmy G went to Vegas. Uh, Baker Mayfield goes to Tampa Bay, and Sam Darnold goes to San Francisco. I liked those landing spots for all three of the guys. Uh, I know a lot of our Raiders friends were pretty excited about Jimmy G. Uh, they're excited about the receiving core that they have there. Uh, just, to be honest, I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm also excited about Jimmy G being a Raider. I kind of am too, honestly. <laughs> like I want him to be able to go to the Raiders and just say, hey, yeah, I can do this on my own. Like It wasn't just because of Shawkin. Or excuse me, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan, Kyle. What I almost said there, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. But the thing that really surprised me and I made me kind of feel bad for Jimmy G at the same time is, hey, you get traded or you go to the Raiders, and then your number one target gets traded to the Giants. Darren yeah, Waller, Darren gone, Waller out for of town. a third round pick. That's it. Not much. He's it, pissed. And I get it. Yeah, he, if he's been a little bit injured, a third round pick though. Yeah, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a little bit expensive at the position, but who cares? You know I mean? One of the best in the league. Daniel Jones is excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still have some really solid weapons uh, in Vegas. Though, I mean, you still have Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, yeah. And then they added Jacoby Myers as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got a really good receiving core. Um, Foster Moreau is a free agent. I would think that maybe you try to bring him back. You still have Josh Jacobs. Fix the offensive line. <laughs> Please. And you know, At the same time, maybe not. You know, Chiefs fan talking <laughs> yeah, here. But. Right. It, I didn't even think about this either. Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo worked together before in New England. Yep. So he's a little bit familiar with that offense, at least. It's been a minute, but at least there is some familiarity. There won't be as much of a learning curve. But, yeah, fix that offensive line. And you've got a really solid uh, team there in Vegas. Uh, Raiders Vegas. need to go get Jonah Williams, what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah, they should. Uh Baker Mayfield goes to Tampa Bay. I think that's good for him. He gets another opportunity to be a starter uh, mm-hmm. over Kyle Trask. You've got some really good receivers there. Good luck. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, just, at this point, we'll see what happens. It's the same. Darnold finds his way to San Francisco. Uh, be prepared because the way the trends have been going there for just quarterback. Like your trainer always says, "Just be prepared." <laughs> What's what is it that my trainer always says? <laughs> just just be prepared. I like that move and I like that fit too mm-hmm. for Sam Darnold. He might be the week one starter. <laughs> I kind of wish he would have gotten an opportunity from the start. Like, I wish San Francisco would have been like, actually, we're just, we'll take Sam Donald here. Like, Brock Purdy might not be ready to start the season. Mm-hmm. We'll see with his elbow. Trey Lance is probably going to be ready. But I like having a guy like Sam Darnold just back there just in case. Like, what are we going to do, though, when he comes out and he just balls out? <laughs> right? Lights it up in a preseason game, and then Kyle Shanahan's like, yep, this is our guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, I wanted Mac Jones. We'll deal with this, so this mm-hmm. is this is fun. Yeah. So there's some quarterback movement in the NFL. And then one last thing that I did want to talk about uh, was the World Baseball Classic. I'm super into March Madness right now. Last night, I watched baseball. and You I, watched it? I watched baseball. I paused the March Madness games, 
and I was watching the World Baseball Classic. I, I'm super into it right now. And it, it's tough because you've had some injuries. Edwin Diaz, the Mets closer, feels like he's the best closer in the game right now. Gets hurt at the end of the game celebrating, and it looks like he might be out for the year. And I think, I don't know, I think a lot of Mets fans like, this sucks, this happens in a meaningless game. And then that just kind of became the trend mm-hmm. of meaningless games. The players don't think these are meaningless. No. they. I, the fans don't either because the attendance is off the charts. You, like, sell out games they in look baseball like, in March. They just look electric, dude. Like, if it were anywhere near us, I would go. Oh, I, I feel like I would try my best. Mm-hmm. Like, in the next one, do they play every four years? I think this next one will be in three years. Put one of those games in Arlington. I'm down there. I would love to watch it. That would be awesome, actually. No, but right now the games are in Arizona and Miami. I'm not exactly going to those cities right now. <laughs> but the next time that it comes around, hopefully they choose some different cities and they move this around a bit. I think it looks absolutely amazing. And then watching Team USA last night, Trey Turner hits a go-ahead grand slam, and he's saying it's like the biggest hit of his life. Mm-hmm. The fans are going nuts. The players are going nuts. Yeah, Players pouring out of the dugouts. It looks like the best environment for baseball I've probably ever seen. Yeah, I mean, even when Edwin Diaz, you know, won the game for him on the strikeout there, and they come out and celebrate, it sucks that he got hurt, but, like, you just see how much the win means. And these are, like, the best players in the world. And I haven't seen some of these teams, right? But, like, no player is coming out and being like, yeah, this kind of sucks. Don't like being here. Mm -hmm. You know? Or, yeah, these are meaningless games. You're not going to get my all. No, everybody's like, it's great to represent your country. Yep. You're getting that Olympic moment in baseball that you've never had before. Yeah. Or maybe you had it. I know Pete Alonso was a little bit pissed off because he said he didn't make, like, the 18-under Olympic team. So he wanted to play for Team USA. I think it's great. And I, as far as the injuries go, these can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. It can happen in spring training. It can happen in the batting cage. Jose Altuve takes one off the thumb. It sucks, but that's just part of playing any sport. Hey, you probably shouldn't have been a cheater. You know, karma comes. <laughs> he's going to get you one way or another. Right. I mean, yeah, hit him right in the buzzer. You uh, thought it was going to be in the majors. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. We got you here. Yeah, but I, I've loved it. I, I think that it is really cool. And the fact that you call it a meaningless game, anybody, just tell me you're not watching without telling me you're not watching. Uh, did you see Big Poppy came out and was just like, you know, uh, Dominican Republic would have got to play this in like June or July or something. You know, they'd be more prepared and ready. Like these are the best baseball players in the world, and they're not prepared for this. That's why they didn't win. Everybody's everyone playing else on the same fine? field. Yeah, like everyone else is okay. Everyone mm-hmm. else is playing. Why are you yeah. guys not ready? Why are you Why are you the one country that's not prepared for this, but everyone else seems to be? Yeah, yeah it's just, everybody plays on the same field. So I don't I – don't, Put any weight to that. Yeah. The pitching limitations are weird because a lot of your pitchers are not ready to go right now. But you're all like, like I said, everybody's playing with the same rules. Mm-hmm. Like it sucks. Yeah, some of your pitchers aren't ready. <laughs> same thing for the other team, though. I don't remember what country country it was, but the pitcher struck out Shohei Otani. Guy's just a normal electrician mm-hmm. from where he's from, and he gets like a signed jersey or not. Like that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Like he's also going to tell that story for the rest of his life. Oh yeah, I mean we both know guys who've played in the minors. About yeah, I struck out this player one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't Shohei Otani. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm glad you got to strike out an old Yankees player. This is Shohei in his prime. Like you keep that baseball. You keep all the everything. You keep the jersey. I don't know how much it cost you. 
doesn't matter. But it is. It's been really exciting. I'm I'm super into it. March is low key becoming a really good month. It was last sports. year too. We talked about it. You know, it was right after you had said October's the best sports month of the year. March is kind of making a run for it. Mm-hmm. It is. And I used to say like April was the solid month. Like after October, April would be the next one because uh, it was the Masters in April. But then you mm-hmm. have the NFL draft. You have baseball really getting started. I think it's safe to say this year, March is going to be the better sports month. With the World Baseball Classic, March Madness going on, it just it feels better. And then you do, you get opening days, March 30th this year. March making a, a nice little run. Don't be nice. It's been nice. It's been nice talking to you guys too, but that's it for us today. Uh, Big Country and I are going to be back at it again on Thursday. We do appreciate you guys joining us, and we will talk to you then.